world. Oh, we're in Estevar to dig. Ah, Sean, I've been practicing this in secondary school. <laughs> oh, my bad, my it. bad. I got so excited. I got so excited. Go ahead, go ahead. I was hoping my career as an advert voiceover was coming to life. But to the point, we are going to Barcelona for Paddy's Day. They have changed the date of the marathon. So we now have the extra days leave. We have no excuses. PBs are there to be had from the 14th to the 17th of March, 2025. Myself and Sean are filling a bus. 56 people will be leaving Dublin Airport and heading to Barcelona. I am making a T-shirt for the trip. It's going to be Eric approved. I cannot guarantee the medals. That's where I draw the line. Prices are still the same, but we do need to book by June 7th. So if anyone is thinking about coming, has signed up and pre-registered, you need to book this week. And if you're listening this week, you have to put your money where your mouth is on this one because we cannot guarantee the prices after this weekend. Erlingus, if you're listening, fuck off. Don't change anything, but that is what we are doing. So the link to everything is in the bio. You'll be brought straight to the WeTransfer. If you're traveling with a supporter, if you're traveling on your own and willing to share, or if you just want your own room, we have every option available and it's going to be a fantastic weekend. Like Eric said, the link to that is in our Instagram bio at any given Runday podcast. With that said, it's this week's episode of the Any Given Runday podcast. Let's go. Looking back the first time going from 10k to a half at a bridge, um, different now. Even though I'm looking at going, logically that makes no, that makes no, no sense, sense whatsoever. No, no, but I do remember trying to get from 10k to half marathon just having a wake up call going, Yeah, what's going on here? What's what's like, I get to eight miles, 10 miles, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling here big time, and I, I, I don't know why. Hey guys, and welcome to episode five of the Any Given Runday podcast. You're here with Sean, along with Eric, Connor, and Aaron. And um, we just had a couple of um, just a couple of emails and queries about last week's podcast. I can confirm that Aaron was in fact here with the podcast. He just didn't say a whole hell of a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, in, in this episode of the podcast, we're going to talk about um, my story with running the marathon and why I do things the way I do them. I think it's just important to know what we've probably learned from the, the uh, other couple of episodes is that there is a the normal way of doing a marathon, which would be just building up your miles throughout the 16 weeks. Um, but some people like to evolve other things as well. For example, Eric is doing his triathlons. He likes to do more, uh, get used to outdoor swimming, cycling, all the rest. Carl doesn't want to give up his guy and he loves his drinking bands. So he'd be doing the, the hurling and stuff as well. And Aaron just wants to do his first one. But on my one, um, I'm a personal training, trainer by trade and I'm always preaching to people that I believe a strong foundation not necessarily in the gym but goes through strength training and when I first did the marathon for some reason I just abolished that principle actually abolished pretty much every principle for the first marathon so we won't talk about that the second oh, one no, I, we will we will eventually <laughs> the second one I did I did a lot more running but when it came to the last six weeks um, maybe even a little bit before I kind of just forgot about the gym and I didn't really train at all in the gym I was just running leading up to it and what I found at the end of that that second one while it was a lot better than the first one I was in absolute agony I, I couldn't walk I've had I've had lower back problems before but they exasperated with, with the marathon running I just felt awful afterwards I didn't do any training at all from the end of March to, to the January 
I was just nothing at all because my body was just in bits and I slowly built back up again and the third time I did it I brought a lot more strength training into it because that's my bread and butter I to be vain about it I enjoy looking good to run good as well and you kind of get that from the gym too that lad's got a couple of comments in there who invited him <laughs> but no I, I, I don't want to look like a marathon runner yeah I, I'd rather look like Usain Bolt than um True. Oh wow. The, you know, the, 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 the Mo Farah, yeah, yeah. The, the Mo exactly. I, I, you know, we pick up a seat between one or two. It's definitely Usain Bolt all day. Is it gonna hinder me a little bit when it comes to doing actual marathons? Yes. I'd like to have my little goals set, but I'd rather feel better, have more strength in my legs, strength in my lower back, and be able to walk afterwards. Than I'm not saying you can't. You, you're gonna be in bits if you ran five days a week, but. I feel like you're more susceptible to injuries without doing strength, strength training base. I wouldn't believe that I wouldn't be coaching the way I coach. I think on that as well, I mean, you, you obviously is part and parcel of, of what you preach, you know, the 80-20 rule, you know, and, and kind of, you know, being fit for purpose, you yeah. know, and I think, you know, obviously with yourself, because of your background, you, you know, the strength training training is such a big part of your life in the same way that probably is a big part of mine, you know, and, and Eric's triathlons. And what do you do, Puddin? Uh, Anyway, <laughs> I'm sent to the team. <laughs> but um, you know, but in, in the same way, I mean, I, I, he I runs marathons. He, well, yeah, yeah, that's it. In fairness, you do run marathons now. Yeah, in 16 weeks. Um, but you know, I think that you know, I, I, I <laughs> no, we'll get you through it. Um, but you know, I think that you know, it kind of comes down to your goals. And think for me as well, you know, I'd never want to be, you know, solely a marathon runner because I don't. I wouldn't like the idea of you know in that same way having that physique and being solely fit for that purpose because that's yeah. not what my, my aspirations are exactly and there's nothing wrong with if your goal is to you know to try and break sub train and to go to Boston and, and New York and stuff uh, I would probably have to, to dial back to strength training but I still do strength training and uh, when I talk about strength training as well I'm not talking about um, trying to do the heaviest deadlift or the heaviest barbell um uh, bench press or, or barbell squat that I can um, it, it's more like single leg exercise different kind of lunges different things like that I would use heavier weights and go for my 6 to 8 reps rather than 15-20 uh, reps of an exercise and burn mm-hmm. myself out um, and I would probably do shorter runs during the week I still favour a, a longer run um, what I did and, and, and a part of the problem now with, with preaching this is that I've done a couple of marathons that I do have that kind of muscle memory of doing it. I could talk about a couple of episodes ago where the third marathon was the easiest because mentally it was the easiest. But like as a challenge myself last year, I tried uh, strength training along with doing a 5K run on a Tuesday and Thursday and a 10K run on a Saturday or Sunday. I did that for six weeks and I, I literally I was barely able to do the 10K. But I, after six weeks, I was able to do a half marathon uh, under two hours and I felt great doing a half marathon two hours. Now, the last two, three K were admittedly a struggle, but I feel that you can lower the mileage and increase the strength training. And there is some sort of balance that I'm gonna try and find over these next 15, 16 weeks that allows me to do a full marathon and you know, lower my time and still be able to do strength training, still be able to do pull-ups and stuff like that in the gym that I enjoy doing as well. I have one question. So we're talking about injury prevention and stuff, and yes. it's one thing as I look at my last marathon, and as you know, I kind of in the last five weeks work took over training. Kind of, I was quite good at looking after myself in terms of foam rolling, recovery, stretching, and um, but in the last six weeks training kind of died. But likewise, so did the 
the recovery and injury prevention side of the thing um, is there a good method for anyone and I, I, I found a part of that was I stopped the cycling I focused solely on right. uh, the marathon running so I lost a lot of that upper leg strength that stability in the knees and stuff do you see a correlation between the strength training and the injury prevention side of things for runners well first things first you're not gonna I'm you're never realist. gonna well, yeah you're never gonna uh, <laughs> completely get rid of um, injury like there's always gonna be an element of injury um, there's always gonna be a chance you never gonna say this program you are not gonna get injured no matter what you do I mean at the highest level people get injured but a lot of my training and to go back to why I wouldn't do many deadlifts or barbell squats is when you're running it's obviously single leg stuff like you're one bounding bounding off mm. the other so I would do a lot of uh, single leg deadlifts working my balance and my core uh, and that works on my lower back as well I would do uh, Bulgarian split squats which putting the back leg up on the bench and it's concentrating on the front leg that stability in the knee as you're lowering the weight pushing yourself through works more of the glutes as well uh, I do different kind of single leg series for, for, for my glutes to straighten them up. Um, I've had problems with my lower back, but what I find with a lot of people is they'll say if they have a lower back issue that the pain, the problem is in the lower back, where it's not necessarily the case. Mm. Like I know myself, it goes from the calves up. So if my if I've got bad support and flexibility in my calves and my ankles, that will have a knock-on effect on my knees, knock-on effect on my hips. If there's tightness in my hamstrings, that can have a knock-on effect on my lower back. So while there might be a weakness in my lower back, it's caused by other weaknesses throughout the body. So it's literally trying to straighten up my entire body, work on different core exercises, working on my balance, increasing my strength while I work on those exercises, and then combining that with my running. To, to, to build towards get, getting towards a marathon uh, and look I suppose maybe you've, you've already kind of answered that in a way but it, uh, obviously just kind of as kind of an add on to Eric's question so that's what you kind of focus on for injury prevention but if you had to pick let's say three exercises that anyone who's looking to run long distance should include in their program what would they be? Um, I would do a variation of a lunge depends on the person if they can do a lunge great if they can do a Bulgarian split squat with the foot elevated concentrate more on one foot I would do that I would complement that by working the the backside your posterior chain they call it but like your, your hamstrings your calves stuff like that so I do a variation of a deadlift um, usually a single leg deadlift I like using single leg exercises um, because like I said that's what you kind of be doing in, in races you know squats that must say squats and stuff are bad but getting a combination of the squats and and, and the, the deadlifts with the single leg stuff just works for strength bringing and after that I would do some challenging core exercise that would that I'd struggle to keep my, my core like a, a dead bug would be a good one a band of dead bug where you'd be lying on your back your lower back pushed in you'd have a band on, on like a cable machine or something you're pulling that band in front so once you're in that position your, your core is fighting to stay in that position your lower back push down then you bring your knees up slowly kicking one leg at a time so you're, you're challenging that core stability so something along those lines uh, planks are good planks on stability balls challenging that stability are, are, are even better um, and they be the main three not so much upper body but I just like training upper body so I bring me pull ups a lot of back rows TRX rows that kind of thing that would also challenge my core rather than doing I don't like doing chest supported rows or anything like that because I want to work my core as much as I can while doing ex other exercises as well. So a lot of it would be some sort of standing rather than machines. 
And in terms of diet, obviously you said you like to look good, you like to feel good. Yeah. I found, for me, the aim was to get as light as I could because my average is about 88 to 90 kilos. So I was trying to drop some of that weight to make the round of the, the 42.2 kilometers easier on myself. Um, how did you find your diet? How did you manage your diet? How do you take on those kind of levels of food to one, maintain the physique like Mr. Olympia? And also, uh, <laughs> and also, uh, and do a marathon. And I suppose that's one thing I noticed was weight because of such long distance running. I was losing a lot of weight, and I had to eat yeah. a lot. If it was great, I love food, so I got to eat a lot. But how do you manage the two to maintain that kind of physique? So people who are afraid of the cut, I suppose, or the the burning the muscle element. I mean, the closest I'm getting to Mr. Olympia is like being going down to the Olympia tier, <laughs> watching a gig, having a few beers. Um, I go for, and I always preach. I, I would go for like an 80-20 philosophy in terms of 80% clean eating and I like to lower my carbs to drop that but there are some meals where afterwards I get the carbs back in okay. uh, where I need to, like you said there's, 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 there is a certain point where you're having too little food and your your recovery levels um start dropping you start slacking there you start feeling tired all the time if I was doing a longer run I'd finish that straight away with some sort of protein shake and some sort of some sort of fruit or just something just to get something in, into my system so, something carb wise uh, I might even uh, use a, a, like some sort of smoothie or something get something in quick and now have like sweet potato fries with my meal then later on that evening and uh, that's not to say they're better than, than regular potatoes but it's more of a mindset thing yeah. uh, calorie wise they're all the same you have slightly more vitamins and minerals in, in sweet potatoes but they're not necessarily better than regular potatoes but when I have them I feel, I feel better. It's stupid because I know better, but I f- almost feel like I'm healthier. And if you feel like you're healthier and you feel like you're having more more healthy food, you kind of stay on that track, even though they mightn't be the really the healthiest option. You do you do feel that way. And a lot of it's mindset. Um, this whole training thing, training with the nutritional law, if your mind's not in the game, you, you're going to struggle big time. Um I think that answers your question rather yeah well, like, well I'd be so different because to me yeah. do I care how I look kind of yeah everyone does yeah. to say you don't care how you look is one thing but I know that I'm going to look quite lean doing these things because I'm quite tall I'm going to just look I'm not going to be able to carry the muscle or it'll, it'll just be too heavy it'll just be too much for me um, or maybe I'm wrong maybe there's people out there that are going no you can be 110 kilos and run marathons no problem but for me I just think it would be too much yeah um, but I, I operate on the, the calorie in out system and yes. you, like, you don't like it at all probably I, now that's not no. to say I eat a pizza every night because I've earned it but it's, <laughs> uh, uh, it's, it's only every the third dr- yeah. dream <laughs> <laughs> I mean overall it comes down to calories in calories out yeah. I just think realistically um, you're not going to count every single calorie coming in and uh, even when you do there might be some inaccuracies like a lot of people would use and uh, my fitness pal for counting yeah. all the calories coming in the mistake I find some people using that is if they have a, a light day where they don't eat too much and all of a sudden they're like let's say their goal weigh for argument's sake is 2000 calories and they're up to 1600 by near the end of the day to go I got 400 calories to play with yeah. <laughs> and then they eat a little bit more to, to use to, uh, lose that um, to hit 2000 but still be in a calorie deficit to lose weight Whereas fine, if that's not accurate, and a lot of cases it's not accurate, instead of sixteen hundred, you're actually on eighteen hundred. You're actually on two thousand. You've mm. actually hit nearly hit your limit. And people go, I gotta make that up, and then they try and make it up, 
and they're actually hitting their exceeded that. yeah they're exceeding that they're hitting the same level and they won the last couple of weeks where they haven't lost weight or they're, they're not counting calories from something they're like I went and had a coffee I was like did you really or did you have a cappuccino yeah, 300 calories the yeah there's yeah, 300 yeah. calories you know it's the same with having cokes people don't count their, their drinks and stuff or even having coffee like okay they had a couple of spoonfuls of sugar they had four coffees a day and then you know that's eight spoonfuls of sugar all of a sudden added on to your thing that you're not counting mm. and, and that's going to make a difference and just having the I love my food so to constantly think about everything I eat and put it into my phone and counting calories and and to, to measure a portion size like a lot of my food would be would be at home so like I'm not going to measure there's a you guys see me in my food there's a plate of broccoli I'm not weighing that plate of broccoli <laughs> I know broccoli doesn't make a huge difference but I, I'm not weighing that with the chicken whatever that's in there I'm a very plain eater as Eric would say I, I don't put love into my food no, yeah, no. I, would, I would just have it and that's it but I'm used to what, what I'm having and, and sticking with it somewhat at that level I suppose as well we kind of touched on the last couple of episodes time and how people can support you and stuff and meal prep I suppose is probably a key thing for people is it or would you recommend oh yeah I mean you, you need that, that that Sunday where you have your three four hour meal prep I'm lucky in the sense that I'm a very bland eater yeah um, no, we very, know. oh yeah. we know so I can have a meal in 15 minutes and I, I eat I eat for purpose is probably the best way of putting yeah. it food for fuel food for fuel exactly yeah. I eat for purpose it, it's at that it I, I can't spend two hours prepping something that's only going to have 15 minutes and it's gone I'm like jeez how much of a payoff is that you know um, but at the same time um, bulk eating not bulk eating bulk prep comes into us sometimes where we might have like you know chicken with leeks and different things like that thrown into a big pot and need put it in the fridge and throw it out in the microwave and, and that's it you get four or five meals out of that then, then very easy I, I would do that I suppose Aaron you probably noticed with the office life so I suppose is meal prep a big thing with you or would you see many people prepping their meals um, a few of the fit guys in the office would actually probably prep their that's meals. you now you know that's you now <laughs> <laughs> no generally go upstairs and grab a sandwich <laughs> or they have like two euro dinners in my place every now and again. So two euro dinner. So wow. it would be like I don't know some sort of meat, some other like protein, carrots, carbon carrots, bread. like potatoes or whatever it is. You know, like they mush it up and make it look like potatoes. I'm in vegetarian lasagna or something like that. You know, or you know, God forbid if there's a not normal beef lasagna in there. You know, like, I'm stuck into that. Are you in an office kind of place where you go in every day? Someone has like a lot of cakes and stuff just lying there, and you're like, I gotta try and avoid no, them this week. The before they Christmas did, be sweets, the before Christmas sweets. Oh my gosh, the tins. There's probably about twenty tins in the office floor, and that's just my floor. Like that's just his desk. They <laughs> <laughs> add up pretty fast. Like if you're gonna have a couple of celebrations, next thing you know, you had ten of them at seventy calories a pop. Yeah, and like the, you don't know is it because it's so small. You're yeah. like, oh, there's just a little one. Yeah, but I've had forty of them. Yeah, I think that's the worst part about Christmas is you, you get these tins of sweets, and any other day of the week of the, any other time of the year, you wouldn't go yeah. near a tin of sweets. Yeah, but all of a sudden the Christmas is, you know, perfectly reasonable for you to eat half a tin of roses. I'm sure it's Christmas, and the it's other Christmas. half is a tin of celebrations. Calories yeah. don't count at Christmas. <laughs> yeah. I always get those. those I remember the, that shot. The chocolate money as well. I was like, uh, oh, <laughs> chocolate Santa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you just start down the way on that, like a Kinder egg, like you know, Kinder, oh. Kinder, Kinder egg for, for Easter. I'm getting hungry just thinking about. It. <laughs> 
Get a little Christmas king of surprise. <laughs> in terms of your recovery then, Sean, uh, after your training, what would you do then in terms of, okay, you're, you've done strength training. I've often done a leg day and haven't been able to walk for a day or two after. So how do you go about doing like the, these squats and the run? Or do you find the run complements it? The run, I find... Sometimes what I do, I do a lower body session on Monday. I might do a 5K later on that day because it hasn't hit yet. Ah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I won't change up my training too, too much for 16 weeks. I'll, I'll pick one exercise and go, now we want to go a little bit harder on this one today. Whereas the other ones would be almost like maintenance. Okay, so yeah. I'm not... I'm not throwing in too many new exercises in there to, you know... I don't like the phrase either. You know, you're... Your confusing muscle confusion. Also. I don't believe in that. I think you know an exercise. What, exercise. What, what is that? I've never heard of that. Muscle. Some people. It's it's almost a lazy way of training. And um, would be if you go to the gym, you do exercise this day, and then they're like, I'm gonna confuse the muscles now by instead of doing squats, I'm gonna do heavy leg presses. So that's gonna confuse. Oh, them, sorry. Okay. And yeah. gonna build strength, training legs. Like the muscles know their function. You're not confusing muscles. You're you're just change the program yeah. for the sake of change it. Whereas. I would stick for the first four weeks I'll stick to a program um, and I'll either change the weights up a little bit or I'll, I'll change the reps a little bit uh, and then if I know I'm not going to run the, that day or later on that day or the next day I have a bit of time I might do a bit of eccentric training which would be challenging my strength and my control so you're slowly lowering the weight a lot more than you normally would but because I do that then that's more that's more damaging on the muscles it takes longer to recover so I can't really run after that so mm-hmm. it, it's it's imagine that so I'd probably do lower body days would be twice a week and upper body in between that session and then at the end of it I get my runs in as well but my longer runs will be less than you guys because of that mm-hmm. okay. so my my muscles they're not fatigued but because they have a little bit of damage I can't run as far or I shouldn't run as far because now the, the further I run the more I'm increasing my chance of, of injury so yeah. I I won't go too far uh, because of that now if I was to do like a half marathon that week I would dial back the exercise and by dialing the Mac I would I'd do the same amount of exercises but instead of four sets I'd do two that's a really good point though, just about how you can you tell your run on the basis of how your body's feeling and, yeah. and obviously you know, I think a lot of people would probably be tempted to, you know, to do a heavy leg day on, on a Tuesday on a Thursday still a little bit sore they might say well I'm probably going to I'll only damage myself further if I don't do anything but you're advocating obviously for look, you, say, you know you still need to you know, get that run in but you need to tailor it on the basis exactly. of what you pull it back done. like when I did the, the 5k when I did that um, half marathon challenge myself last year I did a 5k Tuesday a 5k Thursday and the 5k Thursday I was one minute two minutes slower and I was like I just have to accept that mm-hmm. that there's no point in pushing that risking something and, because you know yourselves when you get to a certain stage doing 5k it's almost like a sprint you know the, it, it, yeah, it's such yeah. a shorter pace you, you kind of like and, and you can't stay there too long if you're building towards a marathon because it's, it's it is the same type of fitness but once you get used to it it's almost a different level of fitness pushing for 5k and some people say 5k's are harder than 10k's because you do you do push to get that 5k rather than pace yourself out for 10k if that makes sense well that, that depends obviously on what kind of time you're in if you're aiming to do a 5k in 50 minutes then you know oh yeah no it's different you know. but the, the more the more 5k's you do and then you start aiming for personal best doing 5k yeah. it's different than a personal best for, for a 10k and, and you know when you get to more elite and those other guys they'll probably consider a 10k the way I, I might a 5k I was about to say I mean I, I don't know how you guys feel but certainly I always found that you know certainly 10k was always where I was very very comfortable and I always felt that the jump between a 10k and a half marathon was greater than 
the jump between a half marathon and a full marathon that, that you know that initially if you're so set on and I suppose so comfortable doing the 10k distance once you elongate that part like that's you know there's a I suppose a big jump for maybe it's a personal thing but I yeah. always found that it was much more difficult to kind of you know be doing 18 or, or 20k you know and that in comparison then when I did the first marathon having ever only run a half marathon distance when I look back I don't think that was quite as severe looking back the first time going from 10k to a half I'd agree with you um, different now even though I'm looking at going logically that makes no, no, makes no, no sense, sense whatsoever no, no, no. but I do remember trying to get from 10k to half marathon just having a wake up call going yeah what's going on here what's what's like I get to 8 miles 10 miles and I'm like I'm I'm, I'm struggling here big time and I, I don't know why but I'm saying that when I did jump from half to, to full the first two times it was like the first time I mean, it was stop go stop go it was mm. like but it was a struggle even getting the half because my mind was all over the place. I lost it before I even got to the half. It is all mental as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I suppose the reason why people go, because they're given as milestones, 5K, 10K, you're told 5K is a big thing, 10K is a massive thing. Half Martin, crazy. Martin, yeah, you've done a half. Yeah, you know, you've like done a half, you'll get there. You'll yeah, get exactly. there. And I think it's just a mindset in the endurance game because you've had so many people like ourselves saying 5k for Aaron is a good milestone a 10k is a good milestone half marathon it is a big step up but it's a big step up into endurance and as, as we just said we're not running a 5 or 10 you can it's done in an hour and plus an hour and a half whatever it is for your 10k whereas going to the half marathon it's the first big step at, at being out on a road for a, a long long time yeah. yeah I remember even just the, the, the first half marathon I did and mine was out in, in, in Clontarf on the 4th of December I'll never forget that because it was minus four uh, <laughs> degrees Celsius that day and part of the race is out on, on Bull Island on the sand um, and so the, the course is just it's 11 out 11 back so you know exactly what you're in for on the way back Yeah. Um, and the three kilometres on the way back is against the wind and and just that that period like to be in your head alone for that long the first time because that was the longest I'd ever run was just you know it was just something else it really was um, but obviously you know I think we're, we're maybe forget that obviously this is Aaron's first one. I mean for you Sean in your own experience like how would you kind of advise anyone doing their first marathon to kind of address the, the milestones in terms of those 16 weeks um, you see I, I, I still like getting the strength training in building up towards 10k and after that then maybe narrowing the strength training down to one session two sessions a week and getting your 3-4 runs as much as my runs would drop I do think because of mindset especially for your first one you need to run more to get it done mm. um, to, to be confident on the day of this is going to happen I'm going to be able to, 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 to finish this I've, I've put the miles in the legs if you go to that race day questioning where you put the miles in the legs or questioning the program you've been put on, put on it's it, that if it, 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 you're questioning those things before you cross the starting line you're in big big trouble I just you may for your first one you need to run more after that then you, you can kind of mess around and, and, and see what works for you and uh, and start doing but that doesn't mean like leading up to it you can't throw in the heart rate training more or, or balance of a different sport or anything like that but you need to be running for your own mindset maybe three or four times a week just to and you know how they're obviously only one long run which they say somewhere between 25% and 30% of your total run mm. would be the the average of what they say I know I'm speaking of you know average things and then going completely against the grain with what I'm doing but just to get the first one in maybe get 25-30% of your, your volume in on that day 
and then the other six, 67 percent then would be the your, your shorter runs your interval runs and, and that kind of thing from there and what about the wall like you hit the wall whatever mile like <laughs> do you ever hit the wall at like what's I, the last marathon did you hit the wall the double the double marathon I, I hit the wall there's a massive hill outside Chapel Lizard at mile oh, yeah, 10 yeah. 11 yeah, you no, guys I remember that, that yeah. I hit the wall then I was really like, that early the, oh, first oh. the first one Jesus that took the wind out of his sails he ran man. differently he ran like Whoopi Goldberg after that they hit the wall side, <laughs> side and everything like he said he was alright but he was slightly <laughs> enemy I looked at him and go he's done for he's, he's not making half <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> but uh, that that's happened to me the actual <clears throat> I don't know, lads. Did you? I don't. Yeah. Lads, did you hit the wall? So I mean, for me, it was it was later than that. I mean, I, I kind of hit the wall at about mile twenty one. So just just Ooh. in around kind of the back of the back of of UCD, UCD. Up, up kind of in around where they say Heartbreak Hill is. There's um, a hill the big that. sign that says the wall. <laughs> and there, there actually is. Yeah. So anyone who's done the Dublin Marathon before will know that they have. I think as Luke said, have like kind of a cardboard wall. You know, and. On, on either side of the road and it's like you know basically the caption is you know run through the wall but it was around there certainly I started hurting um, you know but really I think my, my legs started cramping up just as I was coming into mile 25 uh, my hamstring popped um, I was a bit like Eric running like Whoopi Goldberg I was kind of limp running uh, up until the point where I could see come the finish line and uh, at that point in time all you want to do is put a smile on your face and, yeah. and, and look strong coming across the line you know um, but that was me anyway I don't know about you mentally this time around because the training was good um, I never hit a mental wall my physically met a yeah. wall at 36 kilometers but I got cramp in the, the first hamstring when I stopped I was annoyed I had to stop but I yeah. had no choice when I went to stretch that one the other one went as well so the two of them just kept cramping and I just reached that point of I probably wasn't my nutrition probably wasn't great for the race in fairness because instantly I took on a load of sugar and it, and it was all of a sudden like it was like I couldn't eat enough I didn't know why I was eating but my body was like getting into it so mentally though I just laughed I was like I can't believe it because I was on for a 3 hour 22 marathon at the time so all I had to do was just hold on I just laughed the whole way and the 3 hour 30 balloon passed me and I was just giggling because my two legs I was running like Forrest Gump with braces on I, I, covered, <laughs> I, covered, I covered the last AK with straight legs and it was uh, I just found the humor so in the, in the second time like you said I was sure of myself before I crossed the start line with a few niggles yes but in the yeah. first couple of K they weren't there so I was fine um, and it was just in, in the end it was probably the lack of training in the latter end that got me in terms of the, the cramps and probably lack of nutrition for the better word do you think the lack of training are you talking about the lack of longer runs or no, interval it was runs just, it was actually overall. in the last final five weeks so I'd done as you build through it as, it as it was starting to taper off I was just missing those runs that just maintained where it was and yeah. I built up that Lacks of fle- lack of flexibility because I wasn't stretching I wasn't foaming I wasn't doing this and, and then as well during the race I was taking on water I always had a bottle of water on me and yeah. I, I was conscious of that but I don't really preach the gels however I probably should have taken on some of those sugars or some of it a little bit more yeah. um, and if I'm going to try them this time around I'm going to try and train with them as well and I'll see what's out there and, and let people know how it goes for me but um that was just the one element but in terms of actually meeting the wall I, I don't think I met that wall mentally uh, physically though the hammies gave in yeah. but all I could do was laugh but I, I kept going I was like you know it is whatever time I cross I cross now at this stage but uh, you gotta just laugh and now. I knew the 3.30 was gonna pass me at the pace I was at I was like it's gone but I couldn't physically go any faster Um, and still cross the line delighted that I'd beaten my last time by an hour and a half so yeah you know, it's a, it's, it's a big difference in terms of that. But the first time, yeah, like you said, Chapel Lizard, 
that was game over that's a me. hell of it I was the worst in the whole thing but you know, I think that you know similar to you with me this year I, I never felt like mentally out of the wall but I think that part and parcel of that was before my first marathon myself and Sean both went out in a run and we actually ran that hill up Chapelism yeah. so even so already I knew what, what to expect to a certain extent and but I think that's why your preparation is, is so vital yeah. that if you can run at least part of the route oh it makes a massive difference which of course is spoiler alert we won't, we won't be running the route ahead of time so we're yeah. going to break our own advice yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well done there lads yeah, we got to get the Friday evening might go for a little run not we're also training in about less than 10 degree heat and going to do a race in 24 so it's, it's going to be interesting well, should, no, should we team do that in the 1990 1994 and do alright okay <laughs> <laughs> 1990 I wasn't even alive Sean 1994 USA was all about the heat and stuff they're all trying to get the, all the fluids in the sideline yeah we got sure to the next round of anatomy not drinking fluids but like playing football yeah we did we were four Sean we, I don't know they weren't running <laughs> they got through they we did got through group stages we weren't running 42.2 kilometres in up and down hills the lads went through 30 odd degree heat though we're only going through 24 right right true. Oh, stop complaining <laughs> and on that note <laughs> we will end the podcast once again thank you for listening to this week's episode of Any Given Run Day podcast and thank you for subscribing and sharing it on your Instagram story, social media, and all the rest. Anyone else got any input? Best look at the training. Keep her lit. Keep her lit. Give her socks. <laughs> <laughs>